So I want to share with you something today uh, that I felt the Lord spoke to me directly during the week I spent, as I've been going through the season of fasting. I felt the Lord just speak to me out of a, a verse. Now, I've actually had a prophet come into the church about a year or so ago and speak this particular passage into the church's life, and clearly we haven't acted far enough on it because the Lord re- renewed it to me again, and we're going to go there in just a moment. I want to share with you just uh, six, uh, what I call them, prophetic keys or just areas where God will give specific empowering for you this year, if you'll take this on board. In uh, Matthew uh, chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said this, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word proceeding from the mouth of God. In other words, he's saying that for us to live the life God wants us to live, we have to be listening and receiving from God fresh. So you can't live in last year's revelation. You can't live on what God told you uh, yesterday, the day before. God is wanting us to freshly experience and hear Him. Now, you may have no great spiritual encounters or see things, but every person can hear the voice of God and experience God speaking into our life, giving direction. And when He does, you need to journal it, write it down, and then begin to build your prayer life around it and meditate on it because the Bible tells us in Luke 1, I think about verse 37, 38, there's no word from God that's without power for its fulfillment. So when God speaks to you, He will give a particular grace to accomplish whatever He's saying. So never look at what God has said and think it's too difficult. Whatever God has spoken to you about, He will give empowering. How many found, for example, in this three weeks, you found it unusually easy to fast? It wasn't as difficult as it normally is. How many found or experienced that? Look at all those hands up. That's because when you, when you work in the season that God is working in, there's a particular release of life that makes it a lot easier. And uh, so I want to read something for you, but uh, we're going to uh, look into Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 5. Isaiah 54. Some of you already know this. How many know it already? (laughs) Isaiah 54. How many have already been reading that verse? Well, there's quite a number already. Okay, let's read it. I'm going to read the first five verses. And uh, through to, from verse 1 to 5, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, a challenge to make some noise, isn't it? You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand or break out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you shall not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth. You will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts, or armies is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Isn't that fantastic? Now, we're not going to go through and try and break up what all that passage means. Uh, That just would require a different way of approaching. I want to look at it prophetically. To look at it prophetically means we're looking to see what God is wanting to say to us to give direction to our life. And uh, when we look at the psalm, the the first thing that starts off with, uh, before it gets into some declarations, I'm going to share with you six things I felt the Lord is saying for this year. But he tells us right at the beginning, he speaks out and he says, sing and cry aloud. 
Now, he's actually talking to a people who are in bondage. He's about to tell them the great things he's about to do. And he says, before all these things take place, begin already, before you even begin to see them, to shout and to praise and to cry aloud. And, uh, and one of the things that we need to see when the Word of God comes to us or God speaks to us, begin to praise and exalt Him and enter into a season of praising Him. Now, your circumstances are saying one thing. The Word of God is saying something else. And God says, position yourself by singing, rejoicing, praising, because when you praise Him, you create a pathway in the Spirit for Him to come into your situation When you're praising Him, you're saying, I trust you, I believe you, I believe it'll be as you say, not as my circumstances say. So even before I see the answer, I'm declaring it's as good as done, I'm going to praise you. And so we make a decision to praise. That word praise means to rent the heavens with a loud sound. It means to shout, it means to celebrate, rejoice. So people who are men and women of faith always have a life that has got praise in it. It's one of the reasons we have strong praise in the church. It's part of the pathway into God's presence. Before I go and show you those six things, just have a quick look in Psalm 22. Psalm 22. You know the verse. I just want to remind you again of just something it tells us. Because it's very easy when we hear God speaking to just look at what we're feeling and look at our circumstances and then doubt can find room in our heart. So the response the Bible says for us to make as God speaks to us is to praise Him and continue to praise Him. Notice in verse 3, 3 to 5, You are holy, you are enthroned in the praises of, your, of Israel. Our fathers trusted you. Now notice this word trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. Notice trusting. God calls us to trust His character and His word and not have doubt, not to let doubt, have confidence. If God says something, He can do it. If He says He can change your finances, He can change them. If He says He's willing to make a change in your life, He can do it. He is willing to do it. But you have to trust Him. So always in our walk with the Lord, it's not about trying harder. It's about deepening the place of trust, leaning on Him and understanding His part and our own part. And so he tells us here, he says, uh, you are enthroned in the praises of your people. That word is the word halal, to shout in jubilation, you, uh, to, to shout for joy, to express loudly. In other words, if I consciously make a lifestyle of praising God, I make room on the earth for his presence to invade and to bring things about. People who have no expressive praise life seldom flow strongly in the things of the Spirit because they haven't actually agreed with what God says. God says the pathway to His presence is through praise and thanksgiving. So if we want to have His presence and power coming into our life, we have to come His way, not our way. So some people have their preferences. Well, I like this and I like this. This is not what you like and dislike. What does God say is the way in? So I have a very strong, very vocal expressive praise life to the Lord because it is one of the keys of changing the center of your focus by lifting it on. The Bible says we magnify, make Him bigger with our thanksgiving, and He comes through our praise and begins to find a place around our life. So you want to have a place of praise and get rid of some of the music, get rid of some of the stuff that's playing over the TV, and just begin to fill the house with praises. You'll be amazed at the difference in the atmosphere. 
amazed at just the difference in the atmosphere. Okay then, so notice here it says they trust them, so, uh, and, and that, that word not ashamed. So he's telling us that when we are a people of praise and we lean on him and trust him and walk with what he says, we won't be ashamed, we won't be embarrassed, we won't be shortchanged. A lot of people think and have this mentality that if you walk with God and do what he says, somehow you're going to be ripped off. That's the devil's lie to Eve. God's desire is to bless us. Now let's look at these particular uh, promises that are made in uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 54, and then when we get to the end of the service, let's just stand up and begin to praise the Lord. Make these your own. Make these your own. Write them down. You don't have to get all the things I'll share about them, but write them down, at least get one or two practical keys, and then be going away and think, what can I do to position myself for God to work in my life? So number one, and uh, you notice what he says here. Uh, he says in verse two, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, don't spare, lengthen your cords. Notice these words, enlarge, stretch out, lengthen. They all speak of extending the boundaries, of going beyond your current capacity. So God is saying, extend or enlarge, break out from your current capacity. Break out from where you've currently got limitations in your life. Enlarge. And uh, enlargement is not something that automatically happens. He says, notice here, he says, stretch out. To stretch out means you put force into extending as far as you possibly can go. So to do a stretch requires some effort. How many know if you're doing athletics or any sport like that, that you've got to stretch if you want to unlock the muscles and begin to get the maximum performance? Stretching is a part of preparation for a better performance. And so he says, enlarge or shift your capacity and stretch out. Now, this year is a challenge for every person who wants to grow. Growth is not automatic. You don't grow just by hanging around. You don't grow that way spiritually. You may grow by eating food and grow up, but you don't grow and mature as a person automatically. It requires that you set a plan and make decisions personally. You're going to grow. If you will invest in your own life to grow, now, where you may need to grow and develop in skills, maybe you need to grow in your relationship with the Lord, maybe you need to grow in your knowledge of the Word of God, maybe you need to grow in your faith area. The Bible tells us grow in grace and the knowledge of God. Grace is His empowering. So two areas we could grow in would be how to flow in the power of God and how do I get to know Him more intimately. We'll have a seminar, we'll teach you on the power of God and how to work with the power of God. That'd be a good one to come for if you want to grow in that area. See, but it requires you position yourself. It takes effort to grow. There are people who never change in their Christian life. And so their Christian life is like a repetition each year of what they did last year. Is yours that way? It doesn't need to be that way. Make a decision, I'm going to grow, I'm going to change. If you're not even a Christian yet, one of the most powerful things you could do would be to connect with Jesus Christ, receive him into your heart and life, and I tell you now, you're going to grow. You're going to change. A lot of new things will come forth and it'll all be good in your life. So he says, so growth is uh, not automatic. Uh, growth requires a commitment. I've got to make a decision what I'm going to grow in. So ask yourself, what area are you going to grow? What area are you going to make some change this year? Uh, growth is always uncomfortable because it requires you stretch. Now, I was just talking to someone on the way in and, and, uh, and uh, someone was approached. They were right in the process of being approached to do a hands thing for our Easter drama. And I could see them in the, asking the questions, will people see me? Say, well, there's a growth area right there. Growth away from self-consciousness 
and getting up there on the stage and doing the hands thing, what a great way to actually push and stretch out that thing. Of course, what do you feel when you get up there? <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I can't. Yes, you can. Come on, stretch out, stretch out. Just stretch a bit further beyond where you are. And so all of us can stretch. Don't stay in the comfort zone. We, we need to make some effort. In Mark chapter 3 and verse 5, there was a man there, and the man was crippled. He was withered in his hand, and he was in the church. He was in the assembly of God's people. A hand in the Bible always is a picture of what you do, your works or your ministry or, or your capacity to accomplish things in your life. And what happened with this man, Jesus identified him, and gave him two commands. One was possible, one was impossible. The first command he got was, stand up. Now you can understand, if you've got something in your life that is a limiting thing, or, a, or a, a, this man particularly had a, a withered hand, I could imagine what he would want to do is not be standing up, he'd want to hide the hand and keep concealed. And when we feel lax in areas of our life, the tendency is to be ashamed of them and want to conceal them. And one of the first challenges you face to grow is to just get that area, stand up and be willing to make a decision. I'm going to move. I'm not going to stay with the crowd. I'll respond to what Jesus is saying to me. And then the second thing he said was stretch out. Now, there's no way he could do that. He could never do that. But you see, he'd already said yes to the first thing. He did what he could. And then when the second thing came, the miracle happened. And the miracle was in the stretching. The miracle required, he didn't sort of wait, oh, oh, it's all better now, I can do this. He actually had to apply effort. And as he applied the effort, that's when the power of God was released because he was trusting the Lord and doing something. And in the doing of it, that's when the power was released. And he'd get his hand, whoa, I could never do that before. And you don't know what you could do that you've never done before unless you're willing to make a decision to grow and to stretch out. So what area do you need to stretch this year? It may be in reaching out to friends. It may be in the area of witnessing. Well, we'll share with you some ways that you can share your faith with people. Uh, you've got to think, what area do I need to break out? What area do I need to grow? Here's some simple keys. One, decide on the area you want to grow and set a goal. That's what I'm going to do. Write it down somewhere. Write it down. That's what I'm going to do. Goals this year, growth goals. This is how I'm going to grow. Some of you need to grow in the area of financial management. Now, don't just live saying, oh, we never have any money. Do something about that. Get to a course where you can learn how to manage your money, how to believe God, and how to begin to apply faith principles to your finances and determine, this year, my finances will grow. I don't have to be limited like everyone else is. I can actually break forth out of my current situation. But I'll have to do something, and that'll mean a stretch. And for some, the hardest thing would be to break out of the embarrassment of how indebted you are and actually tell someone, I need help. And that's like standing up with the withered hand. My finances are withered. Can you help me? And you'll get direction what to do, but you've already positioned yourself to do something. And so in the doing of the things that you're given, you'll find God will come upon you and help you. We've got testimonies from last year of people who broke out of impossible situations not just because they tithe. It's bigger than that. It's the whole issue of stewardship of money and how to manage it properly. So what area do you need to grow? So identify the area, set a goal, have some kind of plan, and uh, stick with it. Just stick with it till you change. You know, everyone starts out, they're going to lose weight this year or they're going to get fit this year, and then within a short time, they're gone. And, uh, and uh, that's what the gyms are relying on, that you won't stick with it. <laughs> so the only way you can stick with it is if you actually have someone that you're talking to about what you're doing. 
So become accountable to someone. You can do that in your cell group with some small, or in the team that you're in, or have someone that you're, that you're sharing with, and, and, and ask them, can you just ask me the hard questions every now and then, how I'm going? You know, and, and it's your commitment, not theirs. All they've got to do is ask you, how you going? <laughs> See, it, it puts you in a position. You'll be surprised if, if you know next Sunday someone's going to look you in the eyes and ask you, how are you doing in that area? You know, you'll be thinking about that before you get to church on Sunday. And uh, you'll be hiding from them in the other corner, I know. <laughs> no, it actually it helps bring it all out. It really does. It's very simple things to change. So what areas do you need to grow? Why don't you identify them, talk them over. If you're husband and wife, what do we need to grow in our marriage? God is calling us to grow this year. This year is a season of growth. Growth individually, both in our marriages and families, and growth corporately. I believe we need to, need to stretch out this year in what we do to, to believe for many people to be saved and touched and gathered in. So we need to really give it a stretch this year. And of course, immediately, some of you would think, well, that's not my thing. Well, actually, Jesus made this statement. I don't know what you're going to do with the statement. He said, if you follow me, I'll make you to become a fisher of men. So the consequential outworking of following Jesus is people orientation. We get oriented to reach and gather people. People are attracted to our life. They're attracted to who we are, what we have, and we're empowered to actually help them. We have what they need. But if you're ashamed, ah, now we'll get to that in a moment. That's one of the things God wants to break out. That's probably one of the ones I'll deal with first. Okay, next, next one. Notice it says down here, do not spare. So the second thing I believe God is speaking to us this year, it's a year of focus. Don't hold back. That word spare means to hold back, not to give, uh, to withhold, to save yourself, to keep back. And uh, I believe God is wanting us to focus. To focus means concentrate all your attention activities so you're on one thing. So rather than actually being involved in lots and lots and lots of things so you, your energy is dispersed, begin to focus your life. Now, sometimes that means eliminating some things. A key to, to focusing our life is eliminating things which are no longer life-giving, no longer fruitful, no longer productive. I was just sharing with someone, uh, just uh, one of the children, I was clipping off the, uh, the roses, the dead parts and the roses. I was telling you, you'd be amazed. Look how this is all dead. Now, if I leave that dead bit there, it's going to go right down and affect the whole rose. But if I snip it off, in a short time, we're going to have new flowers there. And that some of us have got dead stuff that needs to be just trimmed off. So you've got to look and evaluate your life. Ask the Lord. He's the pruner. He can show you what needs to go. So to be willing to prune some things off. Sometimes you've got things which are negative energy drains. For some, it might be a simple thing like TV. It might be just too much time on the internet. Whatever it is that's draining energy so you're not productive, why don't you just cut it off? Focus your life. Now, you've got to realize this. That one of the major keys to success in any person's life is unbroken focus. How many, I'll ask you a simple question like this. How many people have started a project? You started well but it still remaineth to be completed. <laughs> We've all had those. See, now what happened was broken focus. And some people's life are a history of things they started and never finished. And the one reason, broken focus. Couldn't keep focused to see it through. So I encourage you, all you, all you have to recognize is if I have no focus for my life and where it's going, then the devil will put other things in to get me off course. And when you determine where you're going, lots of things will arise to take away that focus. 
So I encourage every person this year, begin to think about that. Begin to set a course for your life. Notice what uh, Paul says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. This one thing I do. And then he lists three things. But they're all about one thing. Uh, This one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind. In other words, not dwelling in my failures, my mistakes, my inadequacies, not blaming my past. It was my family, it was my mother, it was my father, it was my race. Uh, Nothing. Forgetting the stuff, let go. Okay? Let it go. And reaching forth, that same thing straight, towards the things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. And so he says, there's a prize that's to be won. And it requires you let go of things that hold you back and you focus your life with a, with a desire and a determination. What God has called me to do, I am going to do it. And that means you've got to search. It's a bit of effort in it because you've got to search your heart. What has God gifted me to do? What has God called me to do? What has God put a desire in my heart to do? What is in this season of my life He's saying I should do? And if you're, you're married and you're, you've got three or four children, well, right now it's the children. Don't worry about all the world and everything else. Just focus in the season of life on what's the main thing for God has got for you to do. But every one of us is responsible to hear that, find that, and then do it. What has God said to you? Do it. Do it. Set your heart to do it. So get focused on whatever God wants. Now, a few things or a few areas you might like to think about. What about your finances? Do you need to focus on building those or establishing those? What about relationships? Are there people that God wants you to focus on reaching out to gather up? See, no one comes to the Lord easily just because No one did anything. People come because someone built a relationship, a friendship, and out of the friendship, they saw your life, they saw what you were like, and they began to draw and be attracted to it. You talk and share the gospel, they come to Christ. Now, one of the things that the church, I felt God speak to me this year, is God wants to grow us not just by addition of Christians, but by souls being saved, people coming to Christ. Now, that means we've got to stretch again. It's an effort to do it, and of course there are disappointments and difficulties, but corporately we can make a huge difference this year. Individually, we all have to stretch in reaching and befriending people and initiating opportunities for them to come to Christ. Uh, Last year we had a brilliant seminar on prophetic evangelism, how to actually reach out to people and just flow with what God is sharing, build relationship and bring a word from God to them. I've had some amazing things happen in the year. God is really on it. So we need to learn how to do these things. There'll be great chances this year to learn some things. Isn't that right? It'll be good. So uh, there may be spiritual. Do you need to focus on uh, your, your development in your personal relationship with God? What about in the area of serving? Do you need to make some focus? Uh, what am I doing to build the house of God? See, all of us are called to build. We're all called to, not just to be attenders, but to do something to advance the kingdom of God. So we're all called to serve God in some way. So ask yourself, what did you accomplish last year? What people were touched by what you did? Did anyone get saved? Did anyone get added to the church? Did anyone get discipled? And sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm a musician, so that's not my thing. No, no, it's everyone's thing. See, it's people, reaching people, befriending them, and finding ways to draw them into the life of the body of Christ. And that's not just about being nice to them and having fun with them. It's actually understanding there's a spiritual conflict to win their soul and determining you will love them enough to pursue them to get them saved and get them added in where they can grow and be activated in their, in their full giftings. So focus. 
Uh, perhaps there's some personal area, perhaps there's some area of marriage in your, uh, that you need to develop on this year. Listen, your marriage won't get better just by forgetting about the problems. You will have to do something. So maybe you need to focus on that this year. We've got some activities to help. Okay, here's the uh, next one, number three. Notice what he says here, strengthen. Strengthen your stakes. Now, if you're going to build a bigger tent, one of the things you've got to do is you've got to really strengthen the stakes, especially you've got a strong wind. Any of you been tenting? You know what it's like when you're tenting and there's a wind come. The first thing you do, you get out and you beat the stakes into the ground, much strong. Otherwise, in the middle of the night, there'll be a flap, 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 and you've got the tent down all over your head. You have to strengthen it. So the strengthening here is the strengthening of the inner man. Every one of us is responsible for our inner condition. If we are weak internally, we have no capacity to take on challenges. If we're weak internally, we'll fold when someone frowns at us. If we're weak internally, we'll get upset when someone gets offended. When we're weak internally, we can't pursue things to their completion. So part of expanding and increasing is developing strength in the inner man. The Bible talks about being strengthened with supernatural power in your inner man by the Holy Ghost. So it can't be done just by goal setting and hard working or, or striving more. This is about a relationship with God, building and strengthening your inner man. So two things you could do would begin to build a strong prayer life of praise, of speaking in tongues, of pushing into the presence of God, and then daily taking the Word of God, beginning to meditate on it and ponder it and declare God's Word over your own life. There's many ways you can strengthen your inner man. Those are the two most basic ways to meditate and confess. Oh, the Lord is the strength of my life. Lord, you're my light. Lord, you're my salvation. Lord, you're the strength of my life. And you begin to lock your heart into embracing that Word until it plants inside you and strength begins to come. Now, sometimes there are things we have to shift. We'll touch those in a moment. But everyone's responsible to strengthen the inner man. See? So how do you respond when pressure comes on? Are you a quitter? How do you respond when someone asks you to do something at short notice? Boop, boop, can't do that. Oh, come on. Of course you can. It's just prioritizing and willingness to stretch. See? We have to be able to do that. And to be able to do that, we have to build the inner man. So come on, we get on building our inner man. Strong on the inside, eh? Muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger on the inside. Got some pump on the inside. Okay? Whether young or old, it doesn't make any difference. The life I have comes from an inward life of Christ. By declaring the Word of God, by saying what He says about me, and I feel it kick in. I just get so pumped. In fact, this season right now, just in fasting and prayer, it just dramatically shifts me on the inside. That's why, and, but it won't, won't work unless you actually get into the place of prayer and declaring the Word of God and meditating in the Word. That's what builds the inner man. The fasting weakens the outer man, but the prayer and meditation lifts and builds and strengthens the inner man and flushes up areas where there are things in our soul we need to deal with. Some people are just, and for years I was riddled with anxiety and riddled with doubt and negativity. It's been a huge issue to shift in my life. Now, of course, you don't think that, you see. You only see this bit. But I've had to work that area to get it to shift out of my life because it was just, it was just a part of how I grew up, reinforced by training and negativity with people I was with. And I had to work on this thing to get it to shift, to become positive, to begin to realize that all things are going to work for my good so I can relax in life and not stress out when things seem to go crazy. 
it, it, it's an inward strength. You can develop that in your life. So, so 2008, a year to strengthen yourself in the Lord. When David was overwhelmed in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, when everything was lost, he lost his family, his money, he lost his friends. Everyone's talking of killing him. But the one thing he had not lost was the promise and presence of God. So when everything else had fallen around, he still went where he always went, back to the presence of God. He strengthened himself. That's He did something to get up out of negativity, fear, depression, overwhelming sense of grief and loss, to stand up and change. He did something that he'd been doing consistently for a long time. You need to discover that and do it. Okay, here's the next thing. Uh, next thing this year uh, is, uh, that God's speaking about is uh, advancing the kingdom. Advancing the kingdom. Advance. That's a good word. Tell, turn someone. Tell them, advance. Never retreat. <laughs> Don't retreat. To advance means to expand or grow or burst out. Notice what he says, verse 3. You shall expand to the right and the left or you'll break out. So can you see that promise in your life? Breaking out. Breaking out means the things that have limited you, you're now no longer limited by, and you are having a greater influence on people. You have grown, and because you've grown, people are changed. They're affected by what's happened in your life. And so this year is a year of growing and increasing our influence in the community, our influence with the people around us. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are an ambassador of Christ, an ambassador of a kingdom. You are called to represent Jesus Christ in the community. And that means there's areas that God has called us to penetrate. The mentality of the church must shift from meeting orientation to I am an ambassador, a son of the living God, called to advance my father's business. And so every area of society, God is calling the church to stand up now and begin to make its presence felt there in the media, in the arts, entertainment, in the area of finance, in the area of business, in the area of politics, the area of education. We've got, uh, uh, I was just talking uh, with one of the members of our church, and, and, and they've had a huge opportunity open to shape policy in education. I think, go for it. That's exactly what God is on. Christians standing up and beginning to bring God's principles. They work. Faithfulness in marriage works. Adultery doesn't. The things of the kingdom actually work. They bring results. We don't have to be ashamed of them. People will laugh at them, but they still bring about their results. See, the kings of the kingdom work. They've got to become bold. That's how God wired it to work. We've got the, you've got the book that tells how things work. You have. You've got it all in your hands there. The book of how things work. The book of life. And so we need, through connection with the Lord, to see how to apply that to life and show people how to make things work. Honor works. Dishonor doesn't. I mean, you just, it, common sense, you just have to think about it a little bit. See? Purity works to make good marriages and keep people looking good and feeling good. See? A whole range of relationships does not work. Truth works. Lies don't work. See, so the principles of the kingdom work. We're going to become really bold about what we believe and not ashamed of it at all. And I found is that the more bold I've gotten talking to people, the more they go, oh. They know it's true. They know it's true. Now, they may argue and try to predict, but in the heart, person knows it's true. Everyone knows that. 
So, so we've, we're, don't be ashamed of the Word of God. Don't be ashamed of where you're born from. You're born in heaven. You've come into the earth to do something. Don't be ashamed of what you have. Of course, the problem is, if we have got shame in our life, then we compromise the way we live, and then you, have a, you don't have a powerful life. Powerful life is a focused life. And so I've got to decide this issue. Can you trust the Word of God? Can you trust what God says, that He will do what He says He'll do, and will you stretch out on the basis of that and start to influence people? People are waiting for you to break out, you know. Their breakthrough will come as you break through. See, so we need to be determined this year we're going to break through. In, in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, uh, uh, or 429, they prayed, Lord, give your servants boldness. I like that. So that's a good thing. So how are you going to advance this year? One, you need to pray. Pray for boldness. Pray for opportunities. See? And then begin to set your sights on what you can do to make a difference. See? Begin to initiate something. Initiate something you've never done before. Do something you didn't do last year. Just try something. And if it doesn't work, say, well, that's one thing that doesn't work. I'll try something different. Don't be upset by that. Don't be upset that sometimes we don't get the breakthrough. Just keep believing I can expand the influence of the kingdom of God. I can see lives changed. You can do it. You can do it. We can do it together. Okay, here's the next one. Number five, breakthrough limitations. 2008, a year breaking through limitations. Verse, uh, verse four, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, neither put to shame. You will forget the shame of your youth and re not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. So limitation is a weakness that restricts. It's a lack of capacity or something that confines your potential. Okay? A limitation confines your potential. It's a weakness or lack of capacity. So this year is a year of breaking out of those things. Now, there are two things I've had on my heart, which both of which turn up in this verse. One is the issue of fear. Fear has been a great thing for me to push against in my life. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 1.6, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear shuts your giftings down. Fear stops you being bold. Fear causes you to withdraw and, and timidly anticipate something negative is going to happen. I, I was raised with fear. I lived a fearful life. It's taken effort to push the boundaries of fear, and I think I've still got further to go. See? The second thing is the issue of shame. Shame has to do with feeling and uh, believing that I'm of no value. Something's wrong with me. Now, many believers... Are, are afflicted with this issue of shame. The answer to shame is knowing who I am in Christ. Now, you see, when you stand up in the presence of the Lord, who you see yourself as is what's going to affect how you relate to Him. And so if, you, if we approach the Lord out of our failures and what we've been and what other people have said about us and the messages we've come to agree with, then we're not approaching Him in faith. Okay? And so we'll find out our prayer life will be affected by that. So when you're ashamed, you close up who you are and you become very cagey about opening up, about getting out there, about being unashamedly who you are. And I believe one of the things that the Lord put in my heart for this year was unashamed, unashamed, unashamed about who I am, unashamed about Jesus Christ, unashamed about his words, unashamed to make known what God has done. Hey? Now, that'd be a great thing to be said for, I'm going to do something on that, because I believe many people need shifting in this. When you see people and they're sort of all like this, that's shame. They're all locked up inside, and, and, uh, and uh, many people, a lot of Maori people and Polynesian, Polynesian people carry shame over them. 
So we're not worried about just the how it got there. The thing is, it's not part of God's plan for us to live in shame. Sometimes we're ashamed of who we are, ashamed of what we've been involved in, shame. We've been shamed, you know, by parents or by people that's spoken to us, and, and, and the message of shame has got so deep, you can't stand up and be free. And, and we're going to break that. And, and this is a year to break free of shame and fear, the limiting things that stop us getting out and doing more of what we would like to do. I remember uh, some years ago, I had a time of uh, prayer and just worshiping the Lord, and, and the Lord began to show me, and it's just how He seems to do it, just showed in an instant of time the impact fear had had on my life over years. And just, I don't know how He does it, but just like in a moment of time, I saw sweet before me almost all of my life up to that time, and I began to see how fear, what fear had done in containing me. And I looked at what I do now and what I'm called to do and thought that was always back there, but fear caused it to be shut down. And, and you know what the response was? I just wept and wept and wept for the wasted opportunity living in bondage to fear. We've only got one life to live. We need to deal with the issue of fear and shame and no longer live that way. And I'll share some things which will be keys to help you to break out of that. But you've got to make the decision because all of the growth expansion in your life inevitably will come down. Can you deal with this issue of fear, the, the prospect of a negative future, and fill your life with faith? Can you deal with the issue of shame and begin to be confident who I am in Christ? See? I am a new creation. But if, I, but if I think I'm still like I used to be and try to get near to God, I can't do it. i got to know. I'm a child of the living God. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I come boldly into your presence by that blood. Oh, I am redeemed from the power of sin. I walk in life today. I'm redeemed from every curse of poverty. And I walk in presence. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I can come near as a child of God. Yeah, it changes how you pray. It changes everything. But you've got to have it rooted in your heart. You've got to get free of all that shame stuff. Okay? Hang in here. Now listen, break out. That's the thing to break out of this year. If that's got a grip on you, then break out of it this year. Determine. Set a goal. I believe this, that if you will say, God, I see in your word that I shall not fear and I shall not be ashamed. It's not your plan for me to live with shame or fear. I can believe God will help me out of the thing. All I've got to do is to set the goal, begin to pray, and then begin to ask for keys how to get unlocked in this thing. And God will give them to you through the year. It'll be something come on a Sunday. There'll be something coming of a freedom retreat or restoration. There'll be something come uh, to you as you're reading. You'll start to unlock this area. Determine no more shame. Living free. Living free. Huh? 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 See? See, people who are unashamed can express themselves like they are. Hey, there's no shame. See, but shame will cause you to be self-conscious instead of God-conscious and people-conscious. So we need to be free of all that. Oh, I can see I'm biting into something there. I can feel it. <laughs> Break out of the limitations of fear and shame this year. Write it down, a goal. No more shame, no more fear. I'm going to determine to break out of those things this year. I'm going to actually become bold. And of course, you, now, let me just give you one little word of warning on this, not to make you fearful, but just so you won't be surprised. That when you decide that and start to work on that, don't expect everyone around you to be happy. You know what they'll say? Who do you think you are? Shame. 
It's a message of shame. You'll find that the people who've got used to you living like that will react when you try to break out of it. And you've got to decide, my life is determined by what God says about me, not what they think. If they don't like the new me, too bad. So this year, total makeover. Total make, tell someone next year, you need a total makeover. Total makeover, free of shame. All things are possible to him who believes. See? Some people live with so much shame, they can't even lift their hands to praise the Lord. I was like that. I was like that. It was very self-conscious as soon as I tried to get my hands up. I was stuck at the waist. They weren't stuck by anything except shame. I'll be embarrassed. They might look at me. They might see me. That's the whole deal. God wants you to be seen. And there's only one of you. And if you stay hiding, how can the world see you and what God has done in your life? See, it's all part of the Great Commission, isn't it? Okay, so the last one, last one is down here. It says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Notice how God describes himself two ways here. I love it. And he describes himself as a husband. He's a passionate lover of you. He loves you. He loves you passionately. See, he loves you passionately. He longs for intimacy and connection. So one of the things in 2008 is fresh intimacy. Fresh intimacy, fresh anointing from the Holy Ghost. Fresh intimacy with God, fresh nearness to God. That's what God has got for you this year. But it has to be pursued. Second thing he says is the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of armies. So when he's got us intimate with himself and the anointing begins to grow on our life, then we begin to feel the challenge. Go out and make a difference with your life. Go out this year and conquer something you didn't conquer last year. Go out, see some people saved, some lives changed because of what he's done. Oh, fresh intimacy with the Lord. Intimacy is about being able to expose who I am and share my heart with him and receive his heart and feel near to him. Many marriages lack intimacy. And if your marriage lacks intimacy, it's almost certain your life with God is the same. There's many young people struggling with loneliness. You don't need to when God can be intimate with you. You can feel his presence. Last night I just actually, actually sat in our wardrobe, would you believe? It's quite a big wardrobe, you know, not a... Shut both doors, so virtually in a closet. And I just got out a musical instrument, just began to worship the Lord until I felt His presence. Just came and filled that small place. I could feel Him loving me. It just, there's no, there's no substitute for that. I went out after that straight out to a function and someone said to me, oh, you were all glowing. I didn't say too much. It makes a difference when you're intimate with the Lord. It's the pathway to having a fruitful life. There's no shortcut to it. No shortcut. Opening your heart. Now, Lizzie, if you've never done that before, why don't you determine this year I'm going to get out of that hang-up. I'm going to start to learn how to expose my heart, discover my feelings. I talked to one man this week, and I said, what, what, what you could see was very emotional. I said, what did you feel? He said, I don't know. I said, that means you actually can't give words to your heart, to your feelings. 
to learn to get the language of intimacy. As a woman came and just poured herself out at Jesus' feet. Interestingly enough, you don't hear about what a lot of the apostles did, but you do hear what that woman did. The whole heap of the apostles, you don't hear a word in the Bible about what they did. But this one woman who came in there, Mary, extravagant worship and intimacy with the Lord, a deep trust in Him, prioritized her life to be with Him, she's noticed in the Bible by the Holy Ghost. Are you noticed as a person who's a lover of God? That is the key to enlargement this year. But it outworks in these other areas as well. Why don't we just stand? And just lift our hands to Him. Just stand and just lift your hands to Him right now. Now. Come on, let's just lift our hands to Him and let's just love Him right now. Father, we thank You this year is a year of growth. We thank You, Lord. It's a year of breaking out of limitations. We thank you it's a year of focus. We thank you it's a year of dealing with issues of shame and fear. We thank you it's a year of advancing your kingdom. We thank you it's a year of deepening our intimacy, our relationship and walk with you. And Lord, we believe you will give us grace to do all of these things if we will just commit to them and begin to set a plan and walk together in this area. Father, I pray for Bay City that in this year, there will be a deepening presence, an intimate presence of your spirit and anointing that accompanies it. I pray that the focus of every area of church life and ministry will sharpen. I pray that limitations on people and finances and marriages and families and, and businesses will break. And I pray this year that many people will be saved in Jesus' name because we broke out and we declared we would believe the word of the Lord.